Before I was married, I remember being at my parents' house one Christmas and opening up a package from my mother that contained the ugliest jacket that I've ever seen. It was green and white checks with brown fur around the collar. Just imagine that, right? Worse than anything ever designed in the 70s. And it's from my mom, right? So I can't go, whoa, what an ugly jacket. You don't do that at Christmas to mom. And besides, I'm a codependent eldest child, which means that what I said was something more along the lines of, wow, fur and checks, innovative fashion. At the time, I was single, and I can remember thinking, this is not going to help me find a wife. (laughs) My mom kept saying, why don't you try it on? Can you try it on? And I kept saying, later, later, like when Jesus returns. Finally, I put it on and I I put my hands in the pocket and I pulled out a check for $200. I thought, this jacket just got a lot better. (laughs) It was more than I thought it was. And it's the same way with following Jesus. We think it's going to be one thing, maybe something unattractive, but it's more than we think it is and it has a bigger payoff than we expect. I think it's easy to start to believe that Following Jesus is a religion or a moral code or it's about going to church and enjoying the church's programs and singing church songs. But being a disciple of Jesus is more than those things and that's what Peter discovers in the story we just read. For one thing, Peter discovers that following Jesus means that we become more than we think we are. Peter thinks he's a fisherman. But Jesus says, I will make you a fisher of people. That is, you will bring people into a relationship with God. You see, Jesus takes who Peter is and what Peter does and he transforms those things into something of eternal significance. When you and I really begin to follow Jesus, not just go to church, but really follow him, he takes our skills, our gifts, our passions and redirects them towards his bigger picture. And we become more than we think we are. A couple of years ago, I was, I was talking to a friend who wanted to get more involved in her church, and I said, well, what do you want to do? And she said, well, I guess I should lead a Bible study or be on some committee or something like that. And I said, wow, you sound excited about it. And she said, well, isn't that what you're supposed to do when you're a Christian? And I said, no, not if that's not your passion and your gift or your call. I said, what do you love to do? And she said, I love theater. I said, well, why don't you go with that? So she put together a drama group for her church, and they'd write dramas to help set up the sermons and enhance worship. God takes our skills, our passions, what we do, and he uses them for his purposes, and we become more than we think we are. If you're a business person, he'll use that skill to build his kingdom. If you're a teacher, you'll teach people about Jesus. If you've got the gift of hospitality, you'll help create community. Me, I love to talk, so he made me a preacher. Great fit. I think too often the message we pastors give to those of you in the pews is if you really want to serve Jesus, you've got to add something to your already busy schedule and do something right here in this church building. That's ministry. Get on a church committee. Lead a Bible study. And those are good things to do. Those are great things to do, and I want you to do them if that's where God is calling you. And if that's where your gifts and your passions lie. But do you also believe 
that God can use you as you are, where you are at, where He's placed you Monday through Saturday. In your office, in your neighborhood, your school, your family. That's the mission field that God has called you to. That's where He's put you. Build His kingdom there. A woman from this congregation is a doctor. And she makes it a point to get to know her patients just beyond their health concerns. And when it's appropriate, she offers to pray with and and, and for them. That's God using her gifts right there where she's at. And she's more than a doctor. She is a builder of God's kingdom. Another person from this congregation was homebound because of an ailing husband. And so what she and her husband would do is they'd collect all the needs, the prayer needs for this church, and they would just spend their time together praying. That's God using them right where they're at, 24-7-52. A few years back, a friend of mine put together a group of CEOs who would meet once a month, and, and one of them would present a decision that he was having to make. And the group would talk about what Jesus would want him to do with such a decision. And then they would pray for each other. And out of that group, one CEO ended up changing how he did business in the developing world and, and started helping his workers earn a living wage. Another CEO changed how he did his employee reviews so he could evaluate people more by God's criteria rather than by business criteria. They became more than CEOs. They became builders of the kingdom of God where God had placed them during the week. Jesus takes who we are, what we love, what we do, our skills, our passions, and he redirects those things towards his eternal purpose. And we become more than we think we are as long as we are willing to take the risk to follow him. Which brings me to my second point. The second way that following Jesus is more than we think it is, is that it it means we will have to take some risks just because he says so. Jesus tells Peter to to put the nets out, even though they'd fished all night, and they hadn't caught anything. And, And it's kind of a crazy thing for Jesus to say. I mean, Peter is the fishing expert, right? And you can just imagine Peter sitting there going, yeah, right. You save the world, I'll catch the fish, okay? But instead, Peter says, okay, Lord, it's crazy. doesn't make any sense, but because you say so, I'll do it. Jesus is our Savior and our Lord. We like the first part, the second part, eh, not so sure about. Following Jesus means doing things that may seem difficult, crazy, counterculture, just because he says so. And even if we think that we know better, after all, Peter was the expert on fishing, but he he obeyed Jesus anyway. And a lot of times we think that we are the expert in our own lives. But Jesus really is the one who's the expert. And he asks us to do two things. Trust him that since he made us, he knows what's best for us and obey what he tells us to do. You know, I, I think of some of the things that Jesus has commanded me to do over the years that at the time seemed difficult or or at least no fun. Things like save sex for marriage, go care for the poor, give 10% of my money to God's work, tell people about Jesus. Some of those things seemed crazy or difficult at the time. But because I trusted him and obeyed him on those things, I ended up with a blessing. Just like Peter in this story ends up with a net full of fish because he obeys Jesus. For a while when I was in California, I used to take groups of college guys into San Francisco once a month to hand out sandwiches to street people. And every time it would be time to go, I would spend the whole day moaning and complaining around the house. Oh, I don't want to do it. 
It sounds hard. I'd rather stay at home, watch TV, read a book. And my wife would always roll her eyes and say, you always enjoy it when you do it. You always come back blessed. And sure enough, every time I'd go, I'd come back just jazzed up because you know, I, I'd have a great conversation with a homeless person and I'd see God. Or, or the students got excited about their faith because they'd see God in a new way. Because I trusted and obeyed, I was blessed. Following Jesus means we will take some uncomfortable risks just because he says so. And then we're blessed. Finally, the third way that following Jesus is more than we expect is that Jesus always asks us to put out into deeper water. In this story, Jesus borrows Peter's boat to do some teaching in the shallow water. And when he's done teaching, he says to Peter, put out into deeper water for a catch. And I think that's a good description of of where many of us, are, including me, may be at in our spiritual journey. I and, and maybe you have paddled around in the shallow water listening to Jesus' teaching, coming to church, hearing sermons, but we're not applying what we know. And unapplied truth is useless. In this story, the teaching, the head knowledge, represents the shallow water. Depth is doing what Jesus tells us to do. So Jesus says, put out into deeper water and lower your nets for a catch the likes of which you have never seen. Gary Haugen, who preached here a few weeks ago, told me a story a couple of years ago about a Harvard law student that he worked with who, like a lot of graduate students, was just a stress case. Always anxious, always worried about his dissertation and publications, walking around under a dark cloud of funk all the time. I know the feeling. I used to be one. A graduate student, not a dark cloud of funk. Well, the student got hooked up with Gary and went to Africa with him for two weeks. And while they were there, they found out about a 14-year-old girl who had been sold to a 45-year-old man as his wife. But this 45-year-old man ended up killing someone and he ran away. The police couldn't find him, so they put the 14-year-old girl in prison in his place, where she had been for two years mistreated by her guards. So this this graduate student did some basic research, the kind any college freshman could do. And with the information he discovered, he and and Gary Hagen went to the, the court and got this girl out of prison. Now, this girl's life was literally saved, and it only cost him two weeks vacation and some minor research. Now, how do you think this law student went back to Boston? All gloomy and sad and depressed? No! He went back full of joy. Gary said it was like night and day. He went from dark cloud of funk to sunrise over Boston Harbor because he took a risk. He followed Jesus and Jesus took his skills and his interests and his passion and used them to build his kingdom. And he became more than just a graduate student. His life went from blah to wow because he put out into deeper water. You see, Jesus didn't die on a cross so that we could go to church. He died to forgive our sins and reconcile us to God, but that's not the end of it. We preachers have been very good about talking what we're saved, about what we're saved from, but not about what we're saved for. What we're saved for is to receive an invitation from God Himself to participate with Him in seeing His kingdom come on earth just as surely as it exists in heaven. We're not just saved from, we're saved for. Saved to be partners with God in building his kingdom. Put out into deeper waters and lower your nets for a catch 
the likes of which you've never seen. For some of you, you you may be just exploring this whole Jesus thing. And maybe deeper water for you means just figuring out more about him and by asking someone or studying or attending an alpha class or something like that. For others, deeper water may mean using a skill or a hobby, something maybe like cooking or hospitality, maybe to bake something and take it to the neighbors or throw a party so that they can see the love of Jesus. For others, deep water might mean using your talents to serve God in this church, teaching Sunday school or short-term mission or something like that. And for others, deeper water might mean getting together with other people in your profession and seeing how you can build the kingdom of God where you're at as teachers, managers, truck drivers, homemakers, and everything else. And for all of us, it means obeying God's commands about sex and marriage and money and how we treat each other. What is that deeper water to which God is calling you? Go there. Because here's the thing. If God seems unreal, distant, shallow, or small, it's because we're still paddling around in the shallow water ourselves. And all the fish, the abundant catch, the overflowing nets are out there in that deeper, colder, scarier, but more productive waters. And if we want that abundant catch, if we want to see just how real Jesus is, we've got to put out into those waters with him. I mean, what would have happened if if Peter had said, you know, Lord, we fished all night. That's enough for today. I don't don't want to go out there into that deep water. It's cold. It's scary out there. He'd have missed the miracle. And too often, I think that's what we say. We say, you know, God, I've gone to church. I've heard sermons. I've served on the committee. That's enough, Lord. And as a result, we miss the miracle. After all, Peter didn't recognize that Jesus was God until after he'd gone out into the deep water. And this is not a guilt trip. This is not... You know, this is not to say you should or you ought, and if you don't, you're bad. No, 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 no. This is an invitation from a God who loves us to receive His blessings. Now, I don't know about you, but I am tired of messing around in the shallow water. Tired of being concerned only about my comfort, my finances, and what other people think of me. And yeah, it's it's scary. It can be scary to think about going into those deeper waters I'm afraid to give up too much of my time, afraid of what people might think of me if I really started to act like Jesus. I mean, can you imagine? I might get fired. (laughs) But I don't want to be afraid. I want to be the kind of man who God uses to build his kingdom. I want to be the kind of man who says knowing Jesus is more important than being comfortable. I want to be the kind of man who says being like Jesus is more important than anything else, including what other people think of me. And I want to be the kind of pastor who sometimes afraid, though I might be, leads all of us into those deeper waters so that all of our nets can be full. Because Jesus didn't save us to sit in cubes or make money and be comfortable and play it safe. He saved us for partnership with him in the adventure of building his kingdom. And that's where I want to be. And I know that you want to be there too. You know, I love to fish. I just think fishing is so much fun. And it's interesting to me that at the end of this story, the disciples leave the greatest catch of fish they've ever had on the shore. As a fisherman, this breaks my heart. The bragging rights alone on this thing are amazing, right? This is the mother of all fishtails. But they just leave it rotting on the shore because Jesus offers so much more. A while back, a friend of mine asked a poignant question. He said, I've gone to years of Bible studies. I've heard hundreds of sermons and sung thousands of hymns. 
I've sat through countless church services, countless. I just want to know, isn't there more to Jesus than that? Tell me it's not just about those things. I just want more than that. Jesus gives us an invitation to taste and see that the Lord is good and that when we go out into those deeper waters with Him, we discover that He is more than an idea, more than a theology, more than going to church. He is the risen and living Lord who will fill our nets full to overflowing. He is more than we think and we can be more than we are too. Lord Jesus, we want to live so that You can use us. Help us go out into those deeper waters with You. Lord, whatever it is for us, wherever we are at today in our relationship with You, help us to take that next step of faith so that we can see the miracles You long to do through us, for us, and with us. We ask this in Your name, Jesus. Amen.